Hi, I'm David Kelly. I'm president and CEO of Chicana Copper. Chicana Copper is a junior company exploring in, uh, in central Peru, the Soledad project. We've made a very exciting copper, gold, silver discovery uh, on that project back in 2017. And we spent the last few years drilling out several of the high-grade tourmaline breccia pipes that host the mineralization there. And just a few weeks ago, we released an initial resource on seven of the breccia pipes uh, with some very, very uh, high grades hosted within those breccia pipes. Uh, the important part of our, uh, the stage of our company right now is that we've really just scratched the surface. We believe there's 50 to 100 of these uh, breccia pipes uh, to be drilled. And we've got uh, a really aggressive exploration program this year and next year planned to go out and test the upside potential of this project. David, thank you. What a great introduction. Um, we haven't officially met in person, but I, I believe I've seen you in the core shack at PDAC of, um, over the years. I've, um, um, I've passed by and looked at some of your spectacular core there. Um, in fact, uh, you know these little little um, scale bar things? I think I, I had one with uh, like the Chicana core on the back. I don't, I don't know where it's gone to. They do tend to get lost. Um, but um, I know you've just put out your most recent resource, but could you just give me a quick background of how you came to the Soledad project and kind of the, go right back to 2017 and just kind of what attracted you to the area and what was the exploration thesis? What were you looking for at the time? Yeah, so this is a project I went to in 2012. And as you know, in the industry, you know, every, every project you go to, every project you evaluate, you learn something from it. And we went in uh, in 2012 and looked at this project when I was with MMG, the predecessor company, uh, before we started Chicana. And we were really attracted to, obviously the grades are, are very nice. Uh, these terminally breccia pipes are fascinating features. They're actually quite common. Globally, there's you know numerous uh, terminally breccia pipe systems uh, that have been doc documented. Many of those have been mined. Uh, they're oftentimes associated with porphyries, and that was really the interest in this particular project was whether or not these por these terminally breccia pipes were underlain by a mineralized porphyry. We're in the Miocene belt of Peru, which is a very prolific uh, mineral belt, uh, both uh, porphyry copper systems as well as scarns as well as uh, giant uh, high sulfidation uh, systems and low sulfidation systems. So we, we knew we were in elephant country. And the question was, you know, is this thing linked to a porphyry depth? At the time that we formed Chicana Copper, you know, this was the, the one of the uh, first projects we went back to to see if it was available. And part of the property position we have today was available. We signed up an agreement on that, on that part of the property. And then we tripled our land position within the first year. And that was really instrumental in capturing the geologic opportunity, which is really about a, a 12 square kilometer footprint uh, that encompasses these tourmaline breccia pipes. Oh, interesting. And 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 the, the breccia pipes, were they known by local geologists that they'd been picked up by prospects and beforehand? Um, presumably, you know, they're interesting, not just for the tourmaline, but because there was there was metal associated with them. Yeah, that's right. And some of the breccia pipes are really obvious features. They they form what we call monument outcrops because 
the breccia pipes have been, you know, uh, replaced with silica and tourmaline, which is a resistant uh, weathering mineral, as you know. So you oftentimes get uh, a positive, uh, you know, outcrop that shows you exactly where the breccia pipe is. The area has also been glaciated, though, and so we some of the breccia pipes are covered by uh, glacial debris. You can often find boulder trains uh, uh, associated with this, so you can follow those boulders back up to the source. And then we have uh, blind breccia pipes, breccia pipes that did not reach the surface. Um, these are not volcanic breccias. This is an important concept about the project is these are not volcanic features. They're not diatremes. They didn't erupt at surface. They stopped when there was still probably one to two kilometers of rock overburden above them. And that has really important implications for the, uh, the shape of the breaches. Um, we know that uh, some of the breaches are exposed at surface by uplift and weathering and other breaches are not. We found, you know, blind pipes in our drilling. So we know exactly what these things look like when they're not uh, cropping out at surface. But certainly these breaches were known. I, I probably have talked to maybe 35 geologists that have been on these very breaches. And that was really during the time of the Purina discovery and everyone was blitzing up and down the Cordillera Negra looking for another Purina or a high sulfidation gold system. So this caught their eye, but you know, it was a different deposit style. So they, they didn't take too much interest in it. So just in terms of the basic geology, you, you've got a um, kind of a porphyry intrusion which is um, evolving and maturing and fractionating, and kind of we've got volatiles and metals kind of uh, building up on the uh, in in the in the carapace or in the cupola of the of the porphyry. And at some point, boron-rich fluids with the tourmaline, they for some reason they they overcome the lithostatic the lithostatic pressure, they, the the weight of the crust above them, and they pop up a little finger of a tourmaline breccia pipe, a high energy emplacement that rushes up, um, breaking rock and fragmenting itself and cooling as it goes. And it rises to a point where the, the forces can balance out. And so it doesn't go any further. It just kind of stops because it's got no, it, it's, it's released the pressure from the porphyry below and it's risen up to the point where it, it, it kind of the energy expends itself. Is, is, is that roughly kind of what you see? Yeah, that's exactly right. And, and you know, you mentioned the, the core that you saw at PDAC. I mean, one of the most spectacular things about that drill core is the fact that we get what's called shingle breaches. And shingle breaches are uh, flat tabular class that are laying in a, a fairly flat kind mm. of arrangement like this. And the only way you can form something like that is if those class actually move downward. So it's I, I make the analogy that it's like a deck of cards. If you take a deck of cards and throw it up in the air, all the cards are going to be laying flat on the ground. They're going to be all jumbled and mixed up. Some are going to be turned over, uh, but they're all going to be flat lying. And that's exactly what happens in these breccia pipes. And so the, the volatile buildup that you were talking about as the intrusion is crystallizing, that's holding a space that once that pressure is released, that's open space. And so it, there's an explosion and a brecciation of the rock column above that that zone and then it actually falls down and we have very detailed uh, stratigraphic control in our stratigraphy that tells us that the, the amount of dis downward displacement is about 100 meters and uh, so you can imagine 
lots of open space because the rock has broken. It's fallen back down into this into this uh, uh, this pipe like uh, column of broken rock and a great host rock for hydrothermal fluids. The fluids that are actually carrying the metals to come in and impregnate and and cement that broken rock, and that's why we get some of the really spectacular mineralized uh, breccia textures that we have at Soledad. Uh, that's exactly what I've seen. I've seen kind of um, sulfide matrix, um, a matrix of sulfides, chalcopyrite principally in in the bits that you're showing us. Um, yeah. Um, with um, you know these angular clasts or kind of broken rock kind of falling back down and kind of packed in, uh, surrounded by these copper minerals. I mean, it's, it's, yeah. it's, it's really spectacular. Um, now, you mentioned, um, I, I, before the interview, I went back through some kind of your older MDNA, MDMA, MDMA, my goodness, MDNAs, um, to um, just kind of get a, a feeling for the kind of the history of the work that you've done there in the last four years um, in the kind of the pace of drilling. Can you tell me where you are on the property payments and kind of where have you got to? On uh, there were there were two that kind of jumped out at me. One was Solidad, and the other was I um, Aija. Aija. Aija, yeah, yeah. Uh, so there's three there's three agreements that collectively uh, formed what we call the Solidad project. It's about three thousand, just over three thousand hectare land position. Um, and it captures this this footprint of these terminally breccia pipes. Uh, the 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 two uh, original agreements were both 100% purchase option agreements, meaning we make payments, and when we make that final uh, payment of the agreement, we own the property 100%. Uh, they both have a small royalty associated with them, half of which can be bought out in one case, 100% of which can be bought out in the other case. Um, but that's a really important distinction, 100% ownership. It's not a 70-30 joint venture or anything like that. That was really important to us in terms of, you know, creating value for our shareholders. The uh, the final payment of the, of the northernmost agreement uh, that covers uh, about one third of the property is due in April. That's a $4.425 million uh, payment. And then that's, you know, we own uh, that property outright, which includes about two thirds of the resources that we've published to date sit on those grounds. And also a, a, a large number of targets that have been, that are untested also sits within that ground. And then we have a smaller payment in 2023. It, it's gonna be, I believe the final payment on that one's gonna be about $1.5 million. And again, we own 100% of the property after that. That's where the Wankarama and Paloma East and Paloma West Breaches sit, which are currently in our resource, still open at depth. We know that we'll continue to add tons on all the breccia pipes. Uh, but again, numerous targets within that uh, property position there. The other agreement that's worth noting is the on the southern half of the of the property, uh, there are three large claims there that are held by Barrick of Peru. And as you know, Barrick's the largest gold producer in the world. And uh, we have a, um, an exploration agreement with them. Again, 100% uh, agreement. They do have a one-time back-end right if they, uh, if they uh, like what we're doing and, and, uh, and see the potential, then they have the right, a one-time right to, to back in. Uh, and if they don't, then we get the uh, property 100% royalty position for them, part of which is, uh, can be purchased. Okay. Okay. Um, and... and 
you're okay for the you've got the you've got the 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 money to and the and the plan to kind of make all these payments that's that's all covered we've got the plan yeah well i mean we're working on that now um you know i'm confident that we're going to uh cover those payments and um you know there's a variety of different ways of uh, financing junior companies our chairman is a gentleman named Doug Silver, and you know Doug is is known as Mr. Dealmaker in the industry, um, in all different forms of of, of types of financing. Uh, he's an expert in royalties and stream streaming deals. He's done equity deals, he's done debt deals. He's um, he's you know he's edu- he's educating me right now, and and all the different possibilities for us. But we're working on that. I'm confident we'll get it. Um, we have some very uh, strong shareholders in the company already, uh, very strong uh, institutional shareholders. Goldfields, uh, the seventh largest gold producer in the world, uh, is, a, is an equity uh, holder of the company and owns about 19.99% uh, of the company. So, you know, we've been very good at attracting uh, very um, uh, stable uh, shareholders, uh, long-term people that understand the mining industry. And, you know, that's really important as you know, because, uh, it's not an industry that happens overnight. There's huge gains to be made in the mining industry, especially in junior companies that are successful with making discoveries and delivering results. Uh, but it's, it's oftentimes, uh, it's a complicated industry industry. When you think about, uh, you know, the political winds that 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 uh, change the world, um, all of those types of things. So, yeah, yeah, uh, so, yeah. You know, tell, tell me about it. Um, I mean, at Salazar Resources, one of the things we struggle with is, um, you know, water permits and getting the drill access. And, you know, it's, it's yeah. a slow process. Um, it's, it's equally slow in Peru, isn't it? Um, I mean, I, I, you you talked about I think it was in June 2020 about getting drill permits announced, um, yeah. which were, was obviously a big deal. Was that kind of something that you'd waited a number of years for? Yeah, that's right. That was on the north side. And that's the area that we've already, we're now fully permitted in that area. But we had about an 18-month delay in getting the permit for that central area, which is where Juan Carama and, and Paloma East, Paloma West, and all those other targets exist. And the problem was that it had nothing to do really with, uh, you know, bureaucratic process or any, or any, any problems other than the fact that the the agency and the government that manages uh, land ownership for taxation reasons had uh, a private parcel of land on the north side incorrectly uh, in the database as being owned by a community, and right. we could show, we showed them you know uh, twenty years of tax records paid uh, by this private individual that you know the government accepted to tax payments every year. Uh, we, we had all the documentation that this was privately owned land, and we actually had to convince the government that it was a mistake in their database and then uh, convince them to make the change. And that's what took so long. It was really frustrating. Uh, but we finally did get it changed. And once we got that change made, everything else flew through, uh, uh, you know, quickly. So, you know, that's an example of where you can run into an obstacle that, you know, there's no you know, book on how to get around no. this and you just have to have the right people and you have to work hard and you have to convince people that, um, you know, the information you're providing them is reliable. If you pull up a map and just show me kind of where, the, where it is geologically or, in, or kind of either a regional context or just a map of the, con- uh, the, the concession area, just so I can kind of under- get a feeling for where the, where the three property deals or the, kind of the, the, the three 
um, claim areas kind of sure. sit next, just, next to um, each other. Let me just go to my slide deck here. And it occurred to me too, that when we were talking about the breccia textures and the shingle and the fluids coming into the property, um, the shape of the breaches and stuff like that, there's another really great slide in the deck that uh, would be worth uh, emphasizing at that point. Uh, let me just go uh, back here to... I'll, I'll, I'll talk while you're hunting, but um, you know, of the 100 breaches, um pipes that you've identified, you know, how many have you tested? And, and how many of those, because um, um, I think you, you've tested somewhere between 13 or 16, I wasn't quite sure, or was it nine? I, I wasn't sure how many, but it was, it, was, it was a relatively small percentage of the total. And I just wondered how much of the, the others haven't been tested because of land access or drill permits or geological knowledge or, you know, what are the reasons for the other 80, 90 breccia pipes not to have been tested? Yeah, okay, I can go through that. And uh, most, of, mo most of it is, uh, most of the, uh, that relates to our, our focus for the last year was to get the resource done. So we did a lot of drilling on these seven breccia pipes that are part of the resource now. And the really important thing there was demonstration of concept. We wanted to demonstrate that these breccia pipes are attractive targets that uh, the high grade hangs together in a resource estimate. And, you know, they, they came through, um, you know, really strongly. I mean, the, the continuity is excellent. We get, we get these zones of extreme grades, you know, we, we've hit massive sulfide in these breccia pipes and, uh, you know, and then that massive sulfide is surrounded by mineralization. That's, you know, multi-percent copper or copper equivalent, you know, really strong silver grades going with gold, going with copper. So, you know, that's what you're really looking for when you're doing the resource, the initial resources, how well does the mineralization hang together? Is it something that potentially could be mined? Um, you, you know, what's the continuity like? Uh, what would grade control be like if you were mining something like this? So we learned a lot from, uh, from that exercise. And I think that's really set the stage for us to, you know, advance the project uh, more, more rapidly now, because really the, 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 the story now is how many of these untested breccia pipes are going to yield similar results to what we've already received in the drilling we've done today. And if we can go out and bring home another 10 mineralized breccia pipes in our next exploration campaign, another 10 after that, then we're, you know, we're doubling, quadrupling uh, the, the potential size of the resource. You have to keep in mind, all the breccia pipes we've drilled to date are still wide open. Um, we've not seen the bottom of a breccia pipe yet. And so that's a really important consideration for the upside potential as well. Are you are you still uh, pulling up a, a map? Yeah, sorry, I'm just I'm just trying to find um, uh, the slide, and I'm just I need to go into uh, presentation mode here. Uh, let me get to this slide. I'll, I'll keep chatting while you're while you're. Yeah, hunting, please do. I'm um, just it, about there. It, it feels to me that um, I mean, you've you've talked about it quite often that there's a grade. Uh, there's an enrichment process in the upper portion of the of these breccia pipes when they get close to the erosional, erosional surface, and it, that's reflected in the grade of your um, open pitable resource being yep. higher than your than your um, underground resource. And, and really, what well, I'll, I'll come on to it, but really, the, the, the key thing for me will be grades per vertical tons per vertical meter. Um, 
in these kind of narrow vertical uh, structures. But let's mm-hmm. okay. But let's 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 focus on the slide that you've got up at the moment, which is the Aichai Tikapamba district. Yeah. Um, uh, so so go on. Can you just talk me through the the where the three different holdings are and where you focused on your uh, the work and um, I, I can see those and, and, and where next? Yeah, so this is a district map and, and this is a good place to start. Our land position is shown by the uh, black outline on the on the left side uh, near where the, the red oval is. Um, so the black outlines a 3000 hectare land position um, and the red oval is the footprint of the tourmaline breccia pipes that we've identified to date. And again, it's an, it's an area of about 12 square kilometers, roughly three by four kilometers. And within that, you know, there are uh, the breccia pipes and, and it's, the breccia pipes are in various states of exposure. You get really obvious breccia pipes that are uh, sticking out of the ground. As I mentioned earlier, you get some that are uh, subcropping or partially covered, and then you get completely blind breccia pipes. But we went back and looked the other day. We have very, very detailed outcrop mapping here. And we went back and counted up the number of tourmaline breccia outcrops on the on the property. And there's 103 of them. That's not to say that though each one of those outcrops represents a, a separate individual breccia pipe. Um, but that's that's the, the the just the sheer number of outcropping breaches that we have on the property. We you know have traditionally counted 24 uh, really obvious breccia pipes that stick out of the ground, um, and then we get uh, things that are uh, show really intense alteration that we only see peripheral to a breccia pipe. Um, it's exposed at surface. It has anomalous geochemistry. It has anomalous geophysical responses, but there's not breccia exposed. And that's the, uh, th- those are the breccia pipes that are um, just very close to surface. If we were to drill down 10, 20, 30 meters, most likely in most of those cases, we would be into breccia. It's the altered uh, wall rock around the breccia pipe that's also more resistant to weathering um, that tells us that we're very, very close to, to the breccia pipes. And then we have, you know, the blind signature, the geophysical signature, and I've got a great slide that shows that as well, of what the blind uh, breccia pipes uh, look like or, you know, the, the, the blind uh, targets that we have. And they, they mimic exactly the, the signature that we see from the known drilled out breccia pipe. So we have a really good um, laboratory, if you will, for uh, testing new methods, uh, you know, figuring out what works, optimizing it, and then applying it across the rest of the property. But to get back to this slide here, this is the Ihatika Pampa district. Uh, it's, it's mostly known for uh, high-grade veins and mantos being mined out to the east of our property. And these are historical mines. There's actually Spanish uh, workings in the district. Um, many of these mines have been operated uh, uh, going on, you know, 100 years. There are four active mines in the district. There's two concentrate 
plants uh, in the district. Access is is really exceptional because we're you know we're just south of the Piarina mine here, um, and there's really excellent uh, infrastructure in this part of Peru. These mines operate on grid power. There's plentiful water because mining has been going on for so long here. The locals. Um, uh, understand what mining is all about. All of our local labor comes from local communities uh, near our project. And it's one of the reasons we've been very successful uh, in our community relations program and in our ESG program is, is working with people that already understand mining kind of as an outset. And do you have access across the whole? I mean, can you can you walk freely? Can you drill across the whole area? I mean, it, it, so what's been permitted, if you see this blue line that goes through here, and this is a major fault, but it's also a, a valley bottom. Um, yeah. And everything on the north side of that is permitted and, and you know, open for uh, drill, uh, for drilling. And we estimate there's, there's around 60 uh, targets on the north side that uh, we've defined and uh, and then there's about another 40 on the south side that we've defined and that number those numbers are changing because we're still doing geophysics on the property right now we're doing offset ip which is a form of 3d ip uh, and that's in follow-up to a, a, a gradient array ip survey that covers really the heart of the of the mineralized part of our property position there shown in the in the red oval um, so we, it's, it's wide open for drill testing, anything on the north side. We think we're probably uh, eight to 10 months. We, we'll get the permit on the south side this year. It's one that we've been working on for about a year and a half, and we're getting close. We've hit a number of milestones recently in that permit. Um, so we're, you know, really the plan this year would be to test the top 20 targets on the north side, and then in 2023, go down and test the top 20 targets on the south side. And if our target testing is as successful as it has been, you know, we should be able to bring anywhere from 15 to 20 new mineralized breccia pipes into, into the story and, and, you know, line those up. Those would need to be uh, drilled out, you know, initially from an inferred resource standpoint, but we really want to show the scalability, the size potential of this project. Now we know that the breccia pipes hang together nicely, and now it's really step back. How big can this uh, system be? Just a quick question on the on the on the. You say it's eighteen months or so to get the drill permits for the southern side of the Hercules fault. Is that water permits? Is it environmental permits? Is it community dialogue? Um, um, is it is it bureaucracy? Is it COVID? Is it uh, the change in legis um, you know the, um, the change in um, government? You know what are the what takes the time? I'll just say yes to everything you said. <laughs> so it's it's a kind of a, it's a it's a Latin American thing. Yeah. So start with a very bureaucratic process, right? Everything has to be notarized, stamped, signature goes up the flagpole, another notary, another stamp, you know, very bureaucratic uh, process to start with. Every time there's an administration change, and you have to remember, there were three presidents in one year in Peru, right? Mm -hmm. And every president installed their own uh, cabinet. And those people were 
shown the door when the new president came in. And so anytime you have administration changes, you always get changes in personnel. And, and sometimes you get people that come into the job and they know what the job is and they get right to it. Other times they don't know the job and they're having to learn. Um, so that's a bit frustrating. Whenever you have a lot of political turnover, uh, it can lead to delays. But, you know, that's been going on since 2017. That's that's really nothing new. The bureau- bureaucratic process, it's there. Now, COVID did uh, throw a wrench in the, in the spokes for sure, because uh, suddenly people, uh, it was a lot more difficult to conduct business when you had people trying to work from home. And so it took the government about three months to get set up to for people to have laptops and to people uh, to have a secure system environment to work um, and to be able to conduct business with uh, the mining industry. And, and so we regularly have zoom meetings now with regulators. Um, you know, the, a lot of the, a lot of the things that were holding us up before have been uh, dealt with as a result of COVID. So that's actually an improvement on things, but um, you know, we're, we're moving ahead. We we've, we've made great progress. Um and, you know, we'll have that permit on the south side this year. In the meantime, we have plenty of work to do. We have, you know, over 60 targets on the north side that haven't been tested yet, and that's fully permitted. So, uh, you know, we'll, we'll get after that uh, work this year, and we'll still only test, you know, a third of the targets that are there. And then the plan would be in, this, in the next year to go, go south. Okay, so let's, let's just kind of focus on, you know, what you're aiming to deliver to to um, investors and shareholders because yeah. um, you know growth is so so critical for exploration companies they want to see great yeah. and, um, um, gr- um, mineralized intersections grams and meters or percent and meters um, yeah. d- do you think of these breaches as being two percent copper um, ore bodies kind of as a kind of a as a rule of thumb do you look at them and say all right the top the top 50 or the top 100 meters is is a two percent target is that what you're looking for well, certainly two percent is is uh, you know is a great uh, grade to, to shoot for. Uh, you know, we have like Brecha one is 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 better than that. I think Brecha one, um, if I recall correctly, it's two point three or two point four copper equivalent. Uh, others are you know one point five to one point eight type of thing. Uh, I still think the overall copper equivalent grade, if you look at the resources right at about 1.8, and that's, you know, combining the open pit resources uh, with the underground resources. Um, so, you know, that's that's a great grade. I mean, if you look at the copper projects in, uh, that have resources that new copper projects, there's about 49 of them globally. And, you know, 90% of those are 0.5% and less, right? I mean, super yep. low grade. So our, our grades are four to five times higher than uh, than the normal copper project that's out there, smaller footprint, but then, in, you know, they're in, again, you know, having a smaller footprint is, um, it's a good thing. It's a good thing from an environmental standpoint. It's a good thing from a social standpoint. Uh, smaller high grade uh, deposits typically require much lower capex to develop and that type of thing. So we like to to be in the high grade game, and we also like having precious metals going with the copper because the our investors get exposed to you know to all three metals, and I think that's a good thing. And I, I um, can you just remind me how? How far the the open pits were pulled down on 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 those on those breccia pipes? Yeah, Just, I've got another um, grade uh, line I know it'll vary from thickness to thickness and grade to grade. But yeah. you know, are you talking kind of a pull down of fifty meters or hundred meters or just as kind of as as a, as a guide? 
in general, they, they go down about a hundred meters. Yeah. Okay. That was a real interesting learning from the, the resource estimate is that all the breccia pipes, uh, we were able to put an optimized pit on all of the breccia pipes in the resource. Um, they're very small pits, uh, you know, they, they go down to roughly about a hundred meters depth, but they take out the top part of the breccia pipes. And then they put you in a position where you can, uh, you can go underground, uh, from there. Uh, we have, you know, uh, the fortune of, of being on a hillside that's, I call it moderately steep, you know, it's, it's probably about something like that. And you can come in from the valley bottom and drive and add it uh, straight into the hillside and intersect these breccia pipes, you know, two, three, 400 meters below surface, depending on how, you know, which breccia pipe you're going after. And so from that level, you can mine uh, up, you know, towards the open cut that would be at the, at the surface and, uh, and allow the ore to be brought down, you know, using gravity in your favor and that type of thing. And you can go in and develop, you know, multiple breccia pipes at the same time. You don't have to just focus on one individual uh, breccia pipe. So, you know, from an engineering standpoint, the engineers love this project because of all the different options that, you know, it presents to them. The, the challenge will always be um, tons per vertical meter, because if you've got a small footprint, if you've got a small pipe, and you've got to um, develop on multiple pipes. That that that's the the key challenge. And so, really, they has the geophysics in the northern part of the area, or indeed on the south. But since you're going to be targeting the north this year, has the geophysics highlighted any kind of pipes which have got a bigger dimension? And again, it um, it might not do just because of the the the, the nature of the of the. The, the formation process that we talked about right at the start. But I just wonder, you know, have you got any indications through the geophysics of either a kind of a, a, a cluster like you've got at um, Huancarama or a bigger pipe, a bigger diameter? I mean, obviously, you know. Well, the, yeah, the, the, I mean, but before we go there, look, I mean, the mining engineers, these pipes are big enough to mine. There is no issue with these pipes being too small. Even the smaller pipes that are 40 meters in diameter the mining engineers say those are plenty big enough to mine. Don't worry about that. If that if that pipe has grade, we will mine it. Sure, the bigger pipes are better. Uh, you know, Breccia One, Breccia Five, and Wankarama are kind of sixty to hundred meter uh, type of footprint. They're 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 huge. They're very big pipes. And if you look at the, if you think the other thing, and we've had three different mining engineers, including Goldfields, uh, weigh in on this. You know, the preferred mining technique for these types of breccia pipes is sublevel mining. That's the most common underground mining technique in the world. Uh, many mines operate in Peru on, on the order of two or 3,000 tons per day. Uh, the, the block model that we've just put together, and it's in the figure in the news release, and I can bring it up here. Um, the blocks are five by five by 10 meters, okay? There's 720 tons in each one of those blocks. And if you mine three of those blocks per day in a 24 hour shift, you just hit your 2000 tons per day. Yep. Okay, so uh, the mineability of these breccia pipes has been looked at in detail uh, by Goldfields and by a number of uh, other mining engineers that we brought in and they conclude the same thing. The mineability of these breccia pipes is exceptional. Uh, mining, you can mine 
you know, two pipes at the same time, or you can mine two different levels. You can come in mid, mid height on the mountain and you can come in at the valley bottom and have two different operating faces on a single breccia pipe. Again, there's lots of flexibility here, but um, it, we are definitely targeting bigger tonnage type of things, but the, the size of the breccia pipes is not an issue. The grades, as long as the grades there, these things will make money. And um, you know the mining technique is nothing new. It's 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 a very, it's a standard underground mining technique. That's interesting because the the market was disappointed, I think, with the with the resource tonnage. Um, you know, it, it, your your share price. I, I know it's been a tough time in the markets, but um, yeah. Uh, um, and of course, that will have weighed on on it, on everyone's share price. But um, I, I think the market was disappointed with the tonnage figure that you put out. Well, I, I, there were certainly some of that. And, you know, our goal had been 10 million tons at 2%. Um, I'm convinced, you know, the 10 million tons is there. If we, if we were to drill deeper, I mean, if you look at Breccia 1, high-grade copper right open right at the bottom of that uh, of where we drilled. So all the pipes are open. We can add tons just by simply drilling deeper. Uh, it makes more sense to do deeper drilling from underground. And, you know, we, we, we know that. Um, and we know we can add tons by... Uh, by, uh, you know, finding more breccia pipes. And we will be targeting larger breccia bodies. And the geophysics, to get back to your previous point, absolutely, we see those types of larger breccia signatures. You know, now that we have the data and we understand uh, the, the system and how the resources stack up and that type of thing, uh, we will be going after uh, larger tonnage type of thing. But also, you know, on the share price thing, we, we had a lot of investors that got in and they were hanging out for the first resource, good or bad. And, you know, they, they had been invested for two years, three years, and they were hoping that things would go well and the share price would go up. It, it, it's unfortunate that, you know, the market, we uh, the status of the market at the time that we put that out, um, you know, there's a lot of fear in the market right now. There's a lot of concern about what's happening globally, politically. And um, so it's unfortunate that that's unfolding right now, but we had investors that were gonna hang out and you know and sell no matter what. So I know that there was a significant amount of that. Um, you know, I can tell you that uh, from the institutional side of things and, and our, our shareholders um, you know, that understand mining and know it's a long-term industry, you know, they're, they're happy with the result. Sure, it would have been nice to have 10 million tons, but this story has always been about uh, what's, the, what's the, the real upside potential. You know, we didn't expect to come out and have a one, one resource and that was it. Uh, you know, we want to quadruple uh, the resource. We want to go out and bring in another 10 or 50. We actually think that this can be a tier one asset. If we find uh, mega breccia sitting beneath these breccia pipes and we see evidence of those types of features happening, if we see mineralized intrusions associated with these breccia pipes, um, anything can happen. I mean, this is, this is we're, we're right in the heart of a big 150 square kilometer mineral district. We're on the heat. Uh, engine side of it. We know where the copper and the gold is. And we've got high grade breccia pipes that have formed on top of an intrusion that we've never seen yet. So I'm super excited about the upside potential. I mean, when you see the core, when you look at those, that, that intersection, it just looks so beautiful. A um, yeah. couple of questions. Um, have you intersected any barren tourmaline breccia pipes? Yes, we have. Yep. We've seen barren breccia pipes. We've seen, um, I, I guess, 
in terms of grade, uh, we've seen barren breccia pipe. We drilled uh, breccias three east and three west, and I've got a, a great uh, slide here that I'll, I'll bring up uh, for you. Um, let me just get to that slide. So this is a three-dimensional three diagram showing the, uh, it's from LeapFrog, it shows the model breccia pipes that have been drilled in sufficient detail to um, uh, to show the, the shape of the, of the breccia pipe. Uh, all the ones that are labeled are in the resource. So breccia one, five, six, seven, Paloma East and West and Juan Karama. But you'll see there's two other breccia pipes there in the middle. This is breccia three East and three West. Three East is huge. It's, it has a diameter of about hundred meters. It's a giant breccia pipe. It has pyrite crystals in the drill core that are the size of your fist. It's just remarkable. And uh, so it's a pyrite dominant breccia pipe. Uh, it does have some zones that run good grade copper. So we know we've got to chase those things out. But, uh, you know, we don't know what this represents. You know, one of our advisors that came in uh, said, you know, this might be the equivalent of a pyrite halo in a, in a, in a porphyry system, which is a very uh, uh, distinct feature that you see. Usually the copper is inside of the of the pyrite halo. And so that might just be a matter of drilling that pipe deeper and getting to a deeper extent. Again, going deeper, closer to the heat source. And we may see that that transitions into, um, into uh, copper mineralization. But none of the breccia pipes, all of them have uh, sulfides. Uh, it's just a question of what's the uh, the tenor of the sulfides, are they calcopyrite dominant or are they pyrite dominant? But most of the ones we've drilled so far are calcopyrite dominant. Okay, and, and how far have you, deep, have you, how deep have you gone? And do the geophysics show any um, signals of a megabrecture or the top of a porphyry? Yeah, we've got a great slide here and I'm just going to forward, that's the resource estimate there. This is the block model I was talking about and each one of those blocks being 720 tons. Uh, this is on yep. Retro 1. But let me get to the, the geophysical uh, slide. Um, this is the technique that is, is, we do two different geophysical techniques. One's called gradient array and it's a great mapping technique. It identifies the structural corridors that host the breccia pipes. And the map on the left uh, shows the gradient array result. All of those long linear red features are productive corridors that host the known breccia pipes. And within those corridors, we can then cherry pick out where uh, we think the, the breccia pipes are. Many of the breccia pipes, again, are outcropping, so we know exactly where they are. But on the right is a different technique. It's the offset or 3D IP. You get essentially a three-dimensional block model of resistivity. And you can see in breccia seven, it just highlights uh, the, the breccia pipe exactly. Okay. Nice. If you look, if you look at the three figures below, and it's showing three different things from the same area, same profile, chargeability, resistivity, and a metal factor, which is a combination of those two, uh, you see a beautiful blind breccia pipe target. Okay, that represents one that hasn't made it to surface yet. We haven't drilled this yet. We have numerous targets like this on the property, in addition to all the other targets that we have. Uh, generated from other data sets like surface geochemistry and that type of thing. But here's a really interesting example from our 3D IP. This shows the Juan Karama breccia pipe, Paloma East and Paloma West, all three of which are already in the resource estimate. They're all open at depth. But the, the, the metal factor, which is, again is a combination of chargeability and conductivity, 
uh, shows that these signatures from the retropipes is merging at depth. They're actually coming together. And so this is a, a, a very exciting feature. This suggests that the, the retropipes are like the fingers on your hand. The individual yep. retropipes are the individual fingers, but as you go deeper, they coalesce into a much larger uh, feature that uh, we're calling mega breaches. And, and that's really um, the, one of the concepts we're going to be going after. We know if we, if we can hit one of those mega breaches, it'll just light up this project. I mean, you can get 50 million tons out of, out of a 300 meter, uh, uh, you know, mega breccia of, of that kind of scale. And um, so we do have, uh, we are focusing on larger targets. Uh, how, many of those, how many of those targets have you got uh, to drill this uh, in this next program, how many how many mega breaches are you looking for looking at? Well, I don't I don't know the number for that. We've been running the 3D offset IP for three months now. We've still got two more months to finish it off. Okay. Uh, we in our timeline of, of of 2022 at the end of March, we'll have a a uh, a targeting session where we'll pull all of that new data into. Uh, that, you know, the other thing is the south side. The south side potential is enormous as well. And I don't know if you've seen the uh, the geochemical anomaly we have on the south side. It's one of the most impressive uh, gold soil anomalies I've seen in my career. And I'm a geochemist by training. I've done hundreds and hundreds of surveys. Uh, it's, it's, a, it's a gold molybdenum anomaly that's 1.3 kilometers uh, by about 800, I'm uh, sorry, yeah, 1.3 kilometers by 800 meters. It's enormous. And that's, we've never put a drill rig into that thing yet. It's a different target. It's at surface. It's, uh, it's obviously a bulk mineable type of uh, target as opposed to the high-grade breccia pipes. We also have the high-grade breccia pipes on the south side as well. And we'll be drill testing those. But we do have some very large-scale uh, targets that we will be testing. Some are me mega breccias. Some are you know, these extremely anomalous uh, metals that sit on top of uh, intrusions. And um, so, you know, we, we, we have a lot of exploration. Like, as I mentioned, the upside potential is really enormous. Well, thank you. That's, that's uh, really fascinating. And so um, the, the targeting session at the end of the ge geophysical survey will be done in March. So you'll probably be reporting on that in April or May. Yeah. Um, and then you're going to go into a drilling phase on 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 um, the northern portion of the license area. Is that correct? That's correct. Yeah. Well, we're going to target the entire property so that everything is we've already done that once. That's where the 110 target original targets come from. And of that, we've tested 16 of those. Uh, Ten of those are breccia pipes that uh, either are in the resource or need additional drilling to get into the resource. Um, and then, you know, the other six would be ones that are like Breccia 3 East and West, you know, interesting, um, need more work, but we're going to park those for now. And, um, and, you know, we'll move on to, to uh, other targets. Um, it really is about, you know, getting, um, you know, doing, doing all the hard work to get all the information you need to properly rank uh, the, the targets. And, you know, we have a multi disciplinary approach to ranking, you know, we, we score everything, uh, we bring all the different data sets that we have in. Uh, size potential is one of our ranking um, criteria that, you know, is going to uh, help us sort out 
targets for testing. Uh, you know, it is tough because, as I mentioned, the brecher pipes actually, because they didn't reach surface, they actually come to a point. And a great example of this was, was Paloma East. Paloma East had a surface outcrop of 25 meters. But 150 meters below surface, um, it had a diameter of 100 meters. It was sh literally shaped like a cone. And as you got deeper, it got bigger. So, uh, you know, you have to take that into consideration as well. Uh, it's not, uh, you know, that's, again, where the geophysics should really help us. Well, David, thank you very much. Um, I look forward to seeing the results of the geophysical targeting, the, uh, the targeting exercise at the end of the geophysics, kind of the, the reworked targets, and then into the, into the drill program. I mean, um, lovely grades, really interesting geology. Um, I look forward to seeing how your exploration project or program pans out in the course of the year. Well, thank you for your time. Really appreciate it.